This podcast is made possible thanks to our supporters on Patreon. A big thank you goes out to Adnan Isel, owner of Isellers Estate Winery. You can visit them at 615 Concession 5 Road in Niagara-on-the-Lake or check out their website at icellers.ca. Find out how you can support us like Adnan by visiting patreon.com slash twoguystalkingwine. You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Prue. Michael, what's going on? Oh, hey, Andre, what's going on, man? Uh, not much. I am just enjoying a uh, Cedar Creek sparkling Riesling right now. I know you sampled yours a few weeks ago. Cedar Creek sparkling Riesling. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Yes. And it's, you're drinking in the you're drinking in the middle of the afternoon. Aren't you at work? No, it's a day off. We're recording this on Victoria Day. Oh, for goodness sakes. I always, I, I've lost track of days. You're the only one of us who does know about the days because you're in a radio station all day and they probably say it's Tuesday. Actually, at, at anyone anyone who listens to the Jim Richards show on News Talk 1010, um, at 3.30, while the pandemic has been going on every day, we do a segment where we just say what day of the week it is. And that's a, that's a good thing. <laughs> and it, and it's sort of grown because when it started, I originally just had to say if it was Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. And if you're listening to this, the date was posted. It's a Tuesday, by the way, because we always post these on a Tuesday. But now I've had to add the date numbers. So if you're listening to this, the date was posted. It is Tuesday, May 19th. There you go. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been quite the couple of months now. Yeah, and, and I, I think uh, a lot. we've had a pretty good response to... People listening to us talk about how we're coping with the the COVID crisis and staying home. And, um, you know, I'll be perfectly honest, Michael, I miss your stupid face these days. Well, I get to see yours in your uh, your Instagram um, posts <laughs> when you when you do your hair or whatever you're doing. So I, I really you don't give me a chance to miss your stupid face. But it's not I the same as seeing it's, it's you, not the you sa- post your stupid face. It's so. not the same thing as doing it face to face. Like when I throw an <laughs> insult to you over Skype. You know, I just can't see it land. You know, the moment I can't pinpoint the moment it breaks your heart when I when I get a good one in, which doesn't very, happen very often. Does it ever break my heart? <laughs> oh, I just I just know I keep pissing you off by sending table 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 remarks. Yeah, actually, you you know what? I think maybe we can go a little bit behind the behind the curtain here if we want to do a little Wizard of Oz thing because uh, I know we've talked about on the podcast how we still keep our scoring and our writing separate. So. When people do send us bottles for review, it is always appreciated when we each get our own bottles because then we're not influencing each other's opinions. But um, we had the um, La Crema Russian River uh, Chardonnay sent to us. By Butter PR, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, it's a 50, $53, $54 bottle of California Chard. Fifty four ninety nine at the LCBO. It, it came out May second, if I if I remember correctly. May second or third. It's 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 on I, the it's on the shelf right now, and um, I mean, you and I, we like at the at the vintages tastings, we taste a hell of a lot of California Chardonnay, and I love California Chardonnay. Um, I always buy a bottle from Ridge when I get a chance to visit the winery. Uh, I've been buying Paul Hobbs and the Cross Barn wines when they come through uh, vintages and when they come through special order in the classics catalog. Why do um, we always t- end up talking Chardonnay? All right, go ahead. Continue. <laughs> um, but we're usually disappointed by what runs through the vintages section. It's it's usually a mess of that highly oaked, 
you know, just like butterscotch bombs where they've just got so much Chateau 2 by 4 in it, it's got a, a, a bitterness on the finish. And that's, you know what? That's I, what understand, I understand that there's a market for Kistler and stuff like that. Like, I get it. That's what people want to drink. But that is not the kind of Chardonnay I want to drink. And it definitely is uh, the Chardonnays that I always think of when I think of California. Now, that being said, um, tasting through that La Crema, uh, Anya and, and I, and Anya's my wife, we, we enjoyed that together. And I just felt like it was punching out of its weight class. I know you just name-dropped Kistler there, but, um, you know, Kistler's over $100 when it comes through vintages, and we usually get a chance to taste that once a year. And I've never been impressed by those wines at the $100 mark. Um, but that La Crema, I really thought, was delivering the goods. So I had to ask you if I was if I was crazy, if my palate was off that day, just because, like, $54 is a lot of money on a bottle of wine, and... I mean, La Crema is usually pretty. I'm glad you finally admitted that. And La Crema is usually pretty good at having nice balance in their wines, and I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't fucking nuts. Well, you are fucking nuts, but that's that's beside the point. And I think I sent you a, a you know a, a behind the the scenes just to just to rib you a little bit. Uh, I said <laughs> I wrote you a thing that said this is horrible. I don't know what you're drinking. And, and I said uh, your palate was you, broken. You started to get your back up, and I said I haven't even tasted it yet. I'll let you know. To be fair, you were being a bit of a dick when you sent that message I, to me. I was. I hadn't even tasted it. I hadn't <laughs> even looked at the bottle yet. I think uh, – I don't even think I, I, I got it because you're in Toronto. You get it like two days before I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I hadn't even received it yet. So that was the funny part of that whole thing. Yeah, no, so. but, but, but it, was, it was interesting just, just to do that, that calibration because, you know, I – I tasted it sort of fish out of water. Like, it was the only wine that I tasted that evening because, you know, it, it's what my schedule allowed. I, it was during a weekday, so I'd worked at the radio station, which is like, you know what? I, I want to see what the Chardonnay tastes like. I know it's, it's going to cost a little bit more, but I know it's California, so it's going to be one of two things. It's either going to be over-oaked because we're paying for that 100% brand-new oak that they probably tossed it in, or it's, it's going to deliver the goods. And, and frankly, I thought it was the latter, but I wasn't sure. So I had to So I don't I don't think we actually mentioned the name of the wine. It's the 2016 Sara Lee Vineyard. There we go. Chardonnay. Yeah, so, and it's uh it's um, Russia, it's from the Russian River Valley, right? Yeah. Yeah. So to so my notes, well we had um I had, I had, I know you drink yours much warmer than I drink mine. Uh no, not when I'm not when I'm writing tasting notes because I know that most people and um I, I guess the people who are reading my website and your website, I wouldn't say are average consumers. They're definitely wine savvy. But, I mean, most of us have a fridge at our disposal. And when we put a bottle of Chardonnay in it, I, I'm not patient enough to let it sit for a half hour. So it usually starts at, at fridge temperature and I just leave the bottle out of the fridge and let it warm up. So I, I did so start I, tasting, I I did start it, tasting I it at fridge it at temperature. temperature yeah. And we had somebody, uh, a friend of ours, drop some stuff off for us. Uh, because uh, it doesn't matter why they drop stuff off, uh, but they drop stuff off, and uh, we social distance with them for uh, for a bit. And I said because I know she is a huge Chardonnay fan. Uh, that's that's out to you, Sue. Oh, by the way, my friend Sue wants to meet you because you're a huge Chardonnay fan, and she's a huge Chardonnay fan. So when this thing's all over, you two will have to get together and drink Chardonnay. Sounds good to me. Um, and probably make fun of me uh, through it. But uh, what? Um, what the funny part about the whole thing is I said, you know what? I do have this bottle and I'd like to get uh, Erica's take on it as well as Sue's take on it because they're both Chardonnay nuts. And uh, believe it or not, I was the one who probably liked the bottle better than they did. So how's that for you? 
it, it it's good, but it, it led me to a question a question to you because um, I mean, as you make fun of me about it, but I'm, I'm fairly indiscriminate about my love of Chardonnay. If it comes in a warm climate, cool climate, you know, I'm even once in a while a fan for a Chardonnay where the acids decided to not make an appearance in the in the glass. And I just had to ask whether your Chardonnay nuts uh, drink more cool climate or warm climate Chardonnay. No, just Chardonnay. Just Chardonnay. Okay. Yeah. But they they like uh, acidity. Uh, you know what? They like all kinds of Chardonnay. So it's it's you know uh, they've liked California. They've liked uh, South Africa. They like from all over. Like I'm just I'm just saying that 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 there is no rhyme or reason. And I I tasted it and I was like, you know, because I knew what it was. Right when yep. they tasted it, they had no idea. And um, so so I think we we came. To, I, we... I liked. I thought that there was some nice acidity, although I knew it was California, so it still has the butter and butterscotch notes to it. Oh, it, 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 have it some... tasted like sponge toffee, like tangerine and sponge toffee. It I didn't was... get the tangerine. I got the, the little bit of, uh, I got the apple, I got the peach, I got some ne- uh, some nectarine, some apricot. I got nectarine, peach, nectarine, peach, apricot, tangerine, and then like. But it was all in the, in the in, to me, it was all in the baked cobbler style instead mm-hmm. of nice, fresh, bright, lively style. Oh no! This so, was this was confected like there. This, uh, anyways, it's. But so it's a delicious. A, it was a, it was a delicious. And, and put it this way, I will say this: nobody spit it out, and we finished the bottle. So, but but it's a good sign. When, but when but our argument our argument came down to whether it was worth the money, and I pulled Anya, and and you pulled it, and for me, I'm planning on on buying a bottle of it. Um, and I'm going to hold it for a little bit and save it for a rainy day because I felt it was worth the money, especially when we were comparing it to the Paul Hobbs wines that I love and the Kistler wines that I feel are overdone. I just felt this had a little bit more restraint with some capacity to age for probably a decade in your cellar, maybe five years in mine. Um, I don't think you could last five years. I, I'd be surprised if you drink if you don't drink that before three years. But without throwing anyone under the bus, I think I'm the only person who thought it was worth the money out of the out of the yeah. the, the six. Well, I guess the five of us who tasted it. Five five people who tried it. Yeah. So let's get back on uh, since we've we've done uh, Chardonnay for a second. Let's let's uh, <laughs> let's segue to your hair. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if anybody's in, seen uh, seen you on Instagram. And oh. We were about to tell hair story, compare hair stories when you said, uh, you know what? Let's record this. Yeah. So why don't you tell me your problem with your hair, and then I'll tell you the problem I'm having with mine. It's not as much a problem with hair as uh, it's not as much a problem with hair as just the reality of the situation. So three weeks ago, I fell down my staircase and I broke my wrist, and then the following week, I had to have surgery on my wrist. So I now have a metal rod in my arm holding the bones in place. I think we should just pause there for a second. Just let people infer what they want. But Andre fell down his stairs. Pause. White noise. Okay, go ahead, Andre. Um, I just wanted people to infer how they think you fell down the stairs. Yeah, and um, you can get, you can guess on on Facebook. You can all guess what caused Andre to fall down the stairs. My arm is in a cast now, and it's my left arm. It's my dominant arm. So doing um, there's certain things I'm never going to take for granted again. Um, wiping my butt is one of them. Masturbate. Uh, doing my hair. Doing my hair is. Um, Doing my hair is another one where it's just like, I I have product that keeps my hair under control. And here's the thing is, I've never had long hair in my life until about five years ago. I decided to grow it out and I grew it into a man bun for my wedding, which I know was not a popular look with most people. But it was just sort of like, holy crap, my hair is curly. And then, Yeah, the Josh Donaldson going on. And then this week, like, the humidity has just rolled into Toronto to announce, okay, winter done, humidity's here. 
And if my hair was red, I would look like Ronald McDonald right now. The nice part about living in Niagara is at the moment, the humidity has not rolled in here. I don't know why. It just doesn't seem to have. We've had some really nice days with some really cool breezes coming through. Uh, it just hasn't rolled. In. It will. I know it will. But I mean, it just hasn't rolled in that badly yet. But the bottom line is um, I was planning on growing my hair out like that was the plan all along. But my hair is pretty manageable in the winter, but not being able to put any product in my hair. It's just like. I'm I'm a couple steps away from a full on afro. It's it's really impressive. Well, my uh, my wife hated my hair because I did it. You know, when we were we were getting in on this thing, I was like, oh, you know what? I'll just cut my own hair like I used to do. And I got out the clippers and I did it. And you know, the problem with doing your own hair is you can never get those. You know, uh, you know, you never get around your ears properly. You can't get the back of your neck proper because you can't see them right. So what ends up happening is you end up these getting these long tufts in the back of your like just wispy hairs. So my wife in her um, in her style said, "Why don't I get a go at it?" So we're like, "All right, well." So I got out the the clippers and I we sat outside on a very windy day, which was good because the hair was all gone after it was cut. Uh, and she's been just bragging about how good a haircut she she gave. And I really got a look in the mirror this morning, and I got like just little tufts of hair all over the place. Um, so yeah, I got a lot, you know, one, one long strip here and, and a, and a patch over here. So it it has been Im- 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 impressive to see though. Like I have certain friends who are cutting their spouse's hair now. Funny. It's always uh, the women who are cutting the men's hair. I don't think I, I have any female friends who are willing to let their husbands cut their hair for them. Well, I have a, I have a friend, uh, uh, we have a friend, Maureen, who um, who has has very thick hair to begin with. And uh, we uh, we were dropping something off at, at her house, and she, she came out onto her patio, and the first thing I said is, man, you got a lot of hair. So, uh, yeah. And I, I, I had no idea that she had that much, like, it just, it just. It was Buffon-style hair, like just lots and lots of hair. So, so now, we, now we have gone to two guys talking, uh, two talking, guys talking hair. two guys talking hair. Um, so can, so I, let's, can, I, can I ask let's you something? talk about what you've been drinking. Um, you know, I was taking a look at my collection of, of uh, empties that I'm, I'm looking at working on. Oh, I, I had one thing last night that was just fantastic because I'm still – I'm continuing the, the Burgundy adventure that I've been on. I know we've talked about it a lot on the, the podcast, but it's just – it's at the point during uh, the quarantine with Anya not, not working, like she's just going back to work now, that I just can't justify spending $50 on a bottle every week, even if it's if it's just one. Um, but Marshawn Taz has a uh, just a Burgoyne Pinot Noir available at the LCBO right now for $30 a bottle, and it delivered the goods. Man, oh man. Just a really nice intensity and... You know, all the stuff that you and I love about about Burgundy. Burgundy. Jeez, I put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. Wrong syllable. Yeah. Uh, but that's something that I was that. really, really impressive. And then I, I've just been spending a little bit more time with um, the bottles that we've been tasting for the, the series with Thomas and, and Grant. Um, you know, I've been, I've been corking the bottles, putting them in the fridge, and enjoying them over a few days. And it is just crazy... How long uh, well put together Pinot will just stay alive in the bottle? So, you know, I I take a, take a glass out of the bottle, 
put the cork in it, put it in the fridge, and then the next day sort of repeat, take it out of the fridge, let it warm up in the glass, and then put the bottle back in the fridge. And all these wines lasted about three days before they really started to uh, fall apart. So, I mean, well done, Thomas, and well done, uh, Grant and Carolyn. Well, I know uh, upcoming, we also are, are going to be talking to Ed Madronic uh, of Flat Rock. So that's very uh, kind of thing that we got. Very excited up. about that. So Wait, uh, did, you, did you did well, you get the package from, from Flat Rock with the bottle with no label on it? I, I did. Okay, so I guess we've got to talk to Ed whether we're going we're gonna to be doing that, but it's kind of cool. Flat Rock has really been uh, going all out to get the, the journalists interested in, um, in what, in what they're, they're doing. doing. Um, yeah. They sent uh, a, a mini vertical of um, the Twisted, which is their Riesling Gewürztraminer blend that they put together. And it's one of those things, too, where, you know, you just, I kind of get tunnel vision because there's so many wineries in, in Niagara where in my mind it's just like, okay, Flat Rock, Rusty Shed, Gravity, like, those are two bottles that, that punch out of their weight class. And, you know, you forget about some of the outliers in the portfolio that I'm sure that customers love. But as a writer, you know, it, basically I'm just saying I'm, I'm crappy and I forget that Twisted exists. Uh, and having that vertical was great. And if you go to andrewinereview.ca, you can see the last dinner party I hosted before quarantine began. We did European dumplings, so pierogi, and uh, Asian dumplings, like pot stickers. And we paired them both with that Riesling Gewürztraminer blend because it just it's amazing how well this one wine could cross multiple continents and be just a very good wine and food pairing. So uh, what I was trying to get at was uh, I, uh, what I've been drinking, because we, we talked about you just rehashing old bottles. Yeah. Um, I, uh, turns out I have been uh, uh, going through my, my rosé phase yep. and uh, getting ready to write the rosé report, which I will uh, publish oh, at man. the end of June. It looks like it's going to be massive, man. Like you've posted so many bottle shots. Um, so up to today's... A recording for us uh, we have gone through uh almost 70 i think 70 bottles of rosé and uh it looks like i'm i think uh, by the time i'm ready to write it uh or start putting it together uh deadline is june 22nd if anybody wants to get the rosé to me um it's going to be over 100 that's impressive and- i'm looking forward i expect a detailed tasting note on each of those bottles. And if there are fewer than a hundred bottles in your report, you will have failed, mister. Well, I, I know I have the hundred. I just got to get through them. Uh, there will be, there'll be notes. There'll be, uh, we've done sparkling. We've done still. Uh, you know what? And the, the, the good news, Andre, is there's not a lot of stinkers uh, in that 70. There's been a few. I'll be honest. They, they, uh, there have been some really, Stinky bad wines, but they, I would say it's less than, less than 1%. So. I just, it's just so nice to see and feel. And, I, you know, I'm, I am including myself in this group of people that rosé is not an afterthought. That rosé is now a serious wine. Because I think, especially pe- for people of an older generation, you know, rosé, they still cringe a little bit at the thought of a, a cloying, sweet rosé. And it was one of those They're still where... out there. I have to tell you, they are still out there, but it, as but, I but said, it's, but it's a style. Between. It's a style that doesn't exist with, especially the small wineries in Niagara. Like, my hat's off to Malivore for making multiple styles of rosé. And even something like Ladybug, which has, you know, I, 
perceptible sweetness. I'm going to say that. Like, it's usually like 15, 20 grams per liter residual sugar. It's still balanced with really nice acidity. And it, it's not well, cloying when you drink it. Like, I I would guzzle a bottle of Ladybug if it was 30 degrees outside right now. No well, question. The nice asked. part about Ladybug is, and I, and I, ha- I can't taste it until the end of the month because... Uh, when it was dropped off to me, it was I was told that they had just bottled. If I'd be so kind as to uh, to hold it till the end of the month, and uh, a few other uh, winemakers have told me the same thing. So uh, I, I'm doing that out of respect for their wines. Yep. And because um, I want I want to I want to give everybody the best light they possibly can, which is why I'm doing in sets of four instead of you know my usual here. Let's do a 90 bottle tasting in one day. You're just um, doing it so that you and Erica have have some really nice wines to enjoy while you can't leave the house i'll tell you but rosé is there's some there's some damn serious rosé out there and i had one winemaker say to me he goes uh you know we just we we did a few uh rosés this year and i don't know why i'm like look malabar has been doing a few rosés for a number of years so uh my hat's off to people who do more than one rosé derek barnett Uh, derek barnett's got two this year what was that derek barnett's got two this year he's got two westcott's got two but like, but like for um, Der- for Derek to do it, and, and hats off to hats off to Derek. Like the Meldville production isn't massive. Like he's still running a virtual winery, so he's in someone else's home getting set up. Uh, but like, I I am still just like very excited and uh, and pleased at at what Derek's been doing on his own with that label. Correct, but I'm, as I saying, so the, so he's got two. Westcott's got two. Uh, there's so there's there is quite a number of wineries uh, that have two rosés uh, in their in their portfolio. And now I think 19 is one of those years that you probably would have done another rosé or two or three because not such a great year. So if you couldn't use it for red wine, why not, uh, you know, throw it out on a, a rosé? And I foolishly um, skipped uh, 19 to make rosé. So I know a few people have been asking. There are no new when pigs fly, but because of personal reasons, we we did not sell a lot of when pigs fly last year. So we're still on the 18 vintage, but I assure you it tastes great. So if people are looking And I, for I pigs, will be tasting it. It's still, I, I don't know if I told you how I'm doing this. There are three boxes of rosé in my living room, and every every morning when I know it's going to be a nice day, I randomly pick out one from each box and then uh, a, a second from another box from one of those three, and it's it really is just uh, a hit and miss because I usually do it in the dark so that I'm not, you know, oh, I don't want to try that today. So some days we end up with like a lineup of four that, that I had one day that we had four wines and my neighbor just happened to be out reading in her backyard, and I said, uh, "Stacy, you got to taste these two to 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 give me a winner for the day because uh, I'm deadlocked on these ones." So that's how we ended up with a winner that day. Is my my neighbor went, "Yeah, I like that one." Well, and I'm turned looking, out, I'm looking turned for... out to be the Fielding 2019 Long Weekend Rosé. Nice. That is a stellar bottle of wine for thirteen bucks. Nice. Oh wow, thirteen bucks isn't that's not bad at all. I'm actually, so I'm actually looking forward to um, to having you retaste the the 18 because I know last year we had a lot of uh, like confected fruit in it, and I, I remember talking to Thomas Bachelder about about rosé and making rosé, uh, and like Vadim from Cassaba has been the one who's who's been making our our wine, but a year in bottle, I find that the 18 is finally tasting like what I wanted it to taste like last year, and it's just a, a reminder, and you know. Uh, 
I I kneel down and worship the ground that any of the winemakers in this province walk on because you don't have a say really in what your wine tastes like unless you really want to dick around with it. Um, if you're making wine like to the what the weather gives you, I mean you've got to deal with what what ends up in your on your crush pad, you know. Which is why which is why our, our 18 did not taste like our 17. Hotter summer. Your 17 your 17 was outstandingly good wine. And and I I was I'll, I'll be honest. When I reviewed that, I was so afraid that people would be like, <laughs> "Oh, well, you just like Andre," and I'm like, "No, I just like that wine. That really is good." So, well, hopefully, uh, we're gonna hopefully, hopefully, 2020, we'll be able to to get back at it. But I mean, it's too early to tell anything. So, uh, on all of that note, I hey. think we've covered most of the things that we wanted to, uh, last to at least update each other on. Yes, but last don't... thing I want I want to talk about is everyone. It seems like everyone and their mother has been hosting a virtual tasting on Instagram TV. Correct, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna do something on Thursday. That's right, because Thursday is my day. Table day. It is table day. It is Chardonnay day, and I am so you, you excited. You got a package for my four C. I got Jack. <laughs> that bolt. I guess maybe if you want the package, maybe Thursday we should get you to rip up your ABC membership card live on Instagram TV. No, as long as Kistler is making Chardonnay, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's that's completely fair. Completely fair. But uh, I've got two bottles of uh, Niagara Chardonnay to open up on Thursday. Um, and uh, I am very excited, but I think I think... I think we'll do it best. People will follow Andre Wine Review on Instagram, and we'll log in that way, and you'll you'll check in with me that way. I mean, sure. does, does that work for you? Yeah, it's fine with me. I mean, we're sort of flying by the seat of our pants how we're planning this. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if you want to see our both of our stupid faces live on Instagram, ask some questions, or if you have any questions about the podcast, uh, check, it, check us out on Thursday. We'll do it at what? I haven't even picked the time of day. 5 p.m.? No, let's make it 5.30 p.m. Well, you work, do you not? Yeah, I'm still going into the into the day job, and usually I get out of there pretty early, but it's been pretty busy the past few weeks. So let's make it 5.30. 5.30. 5.30 on Thursday. Uh, we're going to crack some uh, some Chardonnay. You're going to crack what the I4C sent you. And you know what? Maybe I'll uh, I'll go off, off book. I'll find something interesting. Sounds good. Yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll, I'll get something to make you jealous. How about that? Okay. I may have a St. Aubin somewhere. Uh, I like the, okay, it's the red from the Saint Aubin that I like. Oh, you know what? I can't disagree. Okay, make me jealous. Go ahead, do it. <laughs> I'll find something. Uh, Maybe I'll find something. Maybe I'll find something in the older category. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I'm Andre Pru from AndreWineReview.ca. Remember to check us out on Patreon. Two guys talking wine, uh, you know, even $2 a month or even a one-time $2 really does help us. So we really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, that's all. Michael, take yeah. it away. I, you know what? I think I even have a Merceau in the uh, in the cellar, but it's way too young. I'm Michael Pincus of a Michael Pincus WineReview.com. Please join us on Thursday, five thirty for Chardonnay Day, when Andre will wax poetic and gush appreciatively about anything that is made with the Chardonnay grape. Good night. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes.